Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. The Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Pulo starts now. We can't give them this much power in the cartoon world. A podcast, and I was told that if I did your podcast that I would, you know, advance to the next level. And we're podcasting and photographizing in front of the great The worst gigs of their life are, are because of Mark Pulo's. <laughs> Anyone want a husband? Free free to a home. Now it doesn't even have to be a good home, just free to a home. Ladies and gentlemen, Andre the Giant would like to do his impression of Willie Nelson. Suck yourself dry! Alright. Hello folks and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos. It's good to be back. Special episode tonight. I am uh, currently on my way to see Star Wars 7. I believe it's 7, The Force Awakens. Big Star Wars fan, so I thought it'd be fun to do kind of a two-part podcast. A little bit of uh, audio before I actually go in to see the movie, and then uh, afterwards um, I'll give my kind of review of it. Like all of you, I've seen uh, all six of the films. Of course, uh, I'm a little different than a lot of people because I actually think that Return of the Jedi is the best out of the six so far. I know that's going to cause a lot of problems with a lot of people, but this is my fucking podcast. I can talk about whatever I want. And I am a sap for cheese, I am a sap for nostalgia, and I'm a sap for happy endings. And even though Empire is a really good movie, um, it was just a little too dark and a little too sad for me. And uh, I don't know, I just, I kind of liked Return of the Jedi. I liked the, you know, the, uh, the Ewoks, and I liked all that shit. And I just thought it was a really cool movie. You know, we got Han back, and... Uh, you know, Luke was like a master Jedi, and then we get the uh, redemption of Darth Vader helping out his son. I just thought it was, you know, I don't know, I'm kind of a dick that way, but I thought Jedi was the best. And uh, you can send your hate mail to wherever you'd like to send your hate mail. So, as for the th- first three movies, um, I liked them, but like everybody else, I thought Jar Jar Binks was the stupidest fucking character I've ever seen in my entire life. It was like a black guy dressed up like a lizard trying to be the next R2-D2. It was just really bad. And the whole, uh, like, the kid was born from the McLaurians, and uh, it was just a really strange storyline to get on board with, but I tell you this, man. Darth Maul up till now has been one of the coolest bad guys in a Star Wars movie that I've ever seen. 
And I mean, how the fuck do you get any better than the double-sided lightsaber? And that scene where uh, where he fights both Ewan McGregor and uh, Liam Neeson, such an amazing fight. I, I put it up there against all the lightsaber fights in all six of the movies, man. I mean... That lightsaber fight between uh, between those three guys is it, it doesn't get much better than that, man. And that whole idea of those uh, uh, timed force fields that would shut on and off, and basically like you and McGregor had to stand there and watch Liam Neeson get like skewered, and then had to wait for the thing to go off to like exact his revenge. It was like such a cool scene, you know, and it wasn't like, because up until that point, I think, in, a, in the franchise, um, a lot of what we saw, a lot of the lightsaber fights, were, were a lot of guys who were old, you know, past their prime and kind of trying to find the force again and trying to find that spark from the younger days. That was the first time I think we saw in any of the movies where it was, it was like three Jedis or two Jedis and a Sith that were all like in their prime. Like this is exactly what a lightsaber fight between like two or three people that were at the top of their game would look like. And it, I thought it was amazing. I did think it was kind of a stupid idea to kill Darth Maul right there, but I guess... I don't know, you know, once they reveal that in the first film and then they, they have to have that fight scene, I don't know exactly what else he could have done in the trilogy, but uh, he definitely, at least for my money, was one of the best villains in the, the six movies so far. The uh, The Attack of the Clones, you know, was it was okay. I felt like it was the shittiest one out of the three I know a lot of people are like, The Phantom Menace is the shittiest Star Wars movie. I don't know, man. I I thought Phantom Menace gave us a little bit more than uh, Attack of the Clones. And then uh, um, Revenge of the Sith. I mean, I literally just watched that whole movie just waiting for the bridge between 3 and 4. Like, that was a whole point of me sitting there watching that movie is just watching finally after like two subpar movies like to actually see the iconic scene of how Anakin finally like goes from being a Jedi to Darth Vader you know and it was kind of funny I was reading this article about uh, you know A New Hope and in that movie, you know, Obi-Wan gives Luke, he goes, this, this was your father's lightsaber, you know, like it was this grandiose thing, like handing over his lightsaber, and of course, the lightsaber, from what I've heard, uh, plays a big part in this new movie as well, but the article that they wrote was something about, like, uh, so here, here's your father's lightsaber, which on a side note, killed, like, a shit ton of, like, uh, baby Jedis, but 
put that in the back of your mind. This, this is your father's lightsaber, you know, and it's true, you know, like when he makes that turn from being a Jedi to a Sith, um, he basically wipes out like all the baby Jedi in the temple and, uh, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty violent scene. But then we get to see him, you know, don the Darth Vader stuff. He, uh, they show exactly why he needs to be in that suit, you know, because Ewan McGregor basically, like, cuts off his arms and legs, and, and then he gets, like, sucked up in, like, this lava shit, and he gets all burnt up, so he needs the whole get-up, and, you know, it, I, I gotta say, man, it gave me kind of chills, you know, when the helmet snapped in, and then you heard the, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was a pretty cool thing, and I think that's basically all that you have that's redeemable from Revenge of the Sith was when the, uh, was when the, the helmet snaps in, and then we get the Darth voice, you know, it's pretty much all you're kind of looking for out of that movie, um, but I'm excited, I'm excited to, uh, to go in and, and, uh, see what this movie is all about. I've heard it's really good. Um, I've read a lot of stuff online about it, so I hope that doesn't ruin my movie-going experience, but, you know, I'm kind of an idiot that way sometimes. Like, I I read a shit ton of stuff on the internet, and sometimes it kind of ruins it for me, but I'm hoping that it doesn't, and it just kind of enhances the experience, but uh, I am here... And I'm heading in to see uh, The Force Awakens, and afterwards I will uh, have my wrap-up of it, so... Who are you? I'm no one.
Okay, I just got done seeing The Force Awakened, and I gotta tell you, first thoughts out of the box, really good, really good movie. I know a lot of people were complaining that a little slow in the middle, or it was kind of a ripoff of number four, but you know what? It's Star Wars again. I mean, if <clears throat> if you didn't get the tingly feelings when the uh, the words started scrolling up the screen, telling you the pre-story of where we're at, and you know, seeing Han and Chewie and the Millennium Falcon and and uh, Leia and everything, I mean, if if that didn't get you going, then you're just not alive, man. That. Uh, but then again, my uh, movie criticisms sometimes fall towards the uh, nostalgic. I uh, I love a movie that calls back to the old movies. I love a uh, I love anything that's uh, nostalgic. I love uh, I'm the guy that loves when the uh, old wrestlers come running down. Even though they're like 75 and decrepit, you're like, come on! But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a great movie. And, you know, there's a lot of discussions online about the, uh, the interim story. Like, what happened between 6 and 7. And, uh, I've always been kind of interested in that. So I started reading up on it on the internet and... Obviously, they're, these are just what I've read. I, obviously, I don't know if it's true or not. But uh, So basically, like what the stories are, I think what they come from the books is that uh, towards the end of that big battle in uh, Return of the Jedi, like uh, uh, one of those giant galactic ships that was carrying all the bad guys crashed into Jakku, and they just basically had no way of getting off of there so all the people that were on that ship just kind of made a home there and that's kind of where that settlement is and then uh of course we've got uh kylo ren who's the new bad guy who obviously turns out to be leia and han's son and he was trained by uh luke skywalker and ended up turning bad and there's a lot of theories behind that as well, which, uh, you know, the the book theory is that, that Leia and Han had twins, a boy and a girl, kind of like the original story of uh, Luke and Leia, and they were separated. You know, the son was trained into, you know, the bad guys, and the daughter was kind of protected against all of it in a, a foreign land and she kind of comes to her power later but watching the movie I don't think that's exactly what's going on and the other theory that I read was about Ray because everybody you know she hears the the lightsaber call out to her and she hears and sees like kind of like all the the old things and then she sees the visions and and 
So everybody's mind immediately goes to that she's a Skywalker. Somehow she's a Skywalker of the line of Skywalkers. But the theory that I read is she's not a Skywalker. She's actually a Kenobi, as in Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I think that's a more likely story because their theory... Because the guy who plays Finn and Ray, they're both British... So they both have British accents, but for some reason, uh, Finn has an American accent and Ray is allowed to keep her British accent, which kind of puts a nod towards, uh, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi had the accent in the first three movies and Ewan McGregor had the accent in the, the the second three movies. So it you know, it stands a reason that she's more likely a Kenobi than she is a Skywalker. But then people are like, well, why is the lightsaber calling out to her? Well, that lightsaber is not his saber that he has in Return of the Jedi. That's the lightsaber that he lost when he got his hand cut off, which was his original lightsaber that was given to him by Obi-Wan Kenobi, which was his lightsaber and that was kind of the old thing was like when a jedi trained another jedi their first lightsaber would be their trainer's lightsaber and then like part of their training later on is to build a lightsaber from scratch you know so i think that's kind of a cooler idea because it makes more sense that you know with kylo ren being Uh, a descendant of the Skywalkers and Anakin and Darth Vader and Luke and kind of on that side all of the Skywalkers have always had this kind of fight between the light and the dark and it seems like the uh, the Kenobis have never had that that pull like they've just always bathed in the light and they've always had a little bit more strength it seems you know because it's like in Revenge of the Sith even though Anakin is so powerful and he's accepted the dark side fully Ewan McGregor is still able to get the best of him who you know in the, the second three like well the first three but the second three movies Darth Vader is considered like next to Senator Palpatine like the number one guy as far as uh uh, Siths go but Ewan McGregor still got the best of him and I think you see that like in the scene where he's trying to read her mind and she ends up pushing him back and reading his mind where it's like showing you that whatever power that she has is stronger than the Skywalker line so then it comes to the idea or the storyline as to why Luke is gone and a lot of the theories in the movie is that, you know, once Kylo Ren turned dark and, like, killed everybody, Luke felt responsible, so he just decided to kind of slough off into the distance and just stay away from people. And the other theory that's going around is that once Kylo Ren turned to the dark side and Luke was exposed to that power again, that somehow he started either A, getting tempted to go to the dark side again, or go there, you know, first, he's never gone to the dark side, but to go to the dark side, or even worse, that 
he felt himself go dark and knew that he was going to be a danger to everyone and decided to just become a recluse and hide away from the world. So that's why, and reading those theories beforehand, like seeing that scene at the end where she's standing on the top of the mountain at the temple, like holding out the, uh, the lightsaber for him to grab. And he's got kind of this like grizzled look and, and he, he looks kind of angry. You know, it's like, it's possible that he's either tempted by the dark side now, or he's actually gone fully to the dark side. So it, a lot of open-ended questions going into the second movie and it's you know it's pretty interesting to to watch and the last uh theory in it is uh supreme leader snoke who's uh you know basically the the next palpatine who's the puppet master for kylo ren and so there was another theory online where there's a scene in uh i believe it's revenge of the sith where um, Anakin is sitting with Senator Palpatine and they're watching some weirdo like uh, opera where they're like jumping through water balls or some shit and then uh, he starts talking about this story of uh, uh, Sith Pegasus or whatever the fuck his name is like this real big bad guy who taught him everything he knew and uh, and he obviously starts tempting Anakin with the idea that he got so powerful that he could he could not only stop people from dying, that he could actually create life and influence the Metachlorians to make life and all this crazy shit. And and the theory is that like underneath him talking about this story about this ancient Sith who's like the big bad, there's like this music that that comes underneath. It's like this uh, like spooky theory music with like. Uh, it's kind of like monks chanting, but like the only, the only tie to the first three movies in this, in number seven, as they say that they use that same music whenever Kylo Ren is talking to Snoke, as if to say that Snoke is actually this, uh, Sith Pegasus or whatever the fuck his name is, like this ancient evil, like the number one Sith, the big bad guy, because Palpatine talks about how he taught him everything he knew and then he killed him in his sleep and then when you see Snoke in the movie there's like this giant crater in his head almost like where somebody struck him in the skull with a lightsaber so it's be interesting to see if that comes to fruition but my full review great movie. I loved it. I didn't really think it dragged in the middle. I love all the new characters. I know some people say that Ray is too perfect of a character, but, uh, I think it was an amazing movie and I'm really excited to, uh, to see the next one that comes out. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully I didn't give you too many spoilers and, uh, yeah, you can always get this pod bean podcast of pod bean and iTunes and Stitcher and, uh, Check out my website, largedrunkman.com. I'm doing uh, Goonies Comedy Club on New Year's Eve and uh, Saturday, January 2nd, two shows. So come out if you're around there. And uh, tune in next time when we talk about Goonies.